The question is this, what is it that has some of us find our way to the top of our game, to overcome adversity and challenges, resistance and self-sabotage, to rise from the ashes time and time again? What is it that has everyday people just like you and I act boldly in the name of their passions and live out their wildest dreams in this lifetime? That is the question, and this podcast has the answers. My name is Carrie McCauley, and this is Choose Unstoppable. Hello, and welcome to Choose Unstoppable. My name is Carrie McCauley, and today we are joined by Brooke Yancey. Now, I'm going to introduce Brooke to you. I'm going to tell you a little about her. She's also a dear friend of mine, not that long, but has now quickly become a cherished person in my world. And so I'm so excited to have a chat with her with you. So here's a little about her before we dive right in. So Brooke is an intuitive business coach, and we're going to talk a little bit about what that is. And she helps emerging coaches, healers, and entrepreneurs transform overwhelm and confusion and support them to create a business that's in alignment with their soul. Oh, I love that. I think it's gorgeous. I can't wait to talk more about it. It really excites me. But you guys know from listening that I typically kick these interviews off by asking you to go straight into your backstory and how we got here. But I really wanted to take pause for a moment. I am going to say hello and welcome in just a second, I promise. But I want us to talk a little bit about being an intuitive business coach and what that means. So first of all, hi, thanks for being here. Hello. Hi. Um, Yeah, so an intuitive business coach, like what is it? What makes it different from a regular business coach? And, you know, we'll get into like your business and how that came to be still, but what, what is that? I hear that term and I would love to hear from someone who is one kind of what is the differentiating factor? Totally. So for me, being an intuitive business coach is I have studied intuition, healing, the power of your mind, connecting to your spirit guides and really using that in your life for the last 20 years of my life. Wow. I also simultaneously have been building businesses and I've been an entrepreneur. So a lot of my journey has been both learning about intuition, learning about connecting to your inner self and building a business from that place instead of from all of the structure and the shoulds and have tos. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where When I do coaching with people, when I'm a a coach, we work on their intuition and I I use my intuition to look at where they're blocked in their business, where there's things that need to be shift energetically, because we know that business isn't just like do X, Y, Z, and you'll get X, you know, a result or whatever, right? It's so much more than that. And there's so much of the energetics and the clearing and the healing that happens as well as the structure. So in a lot of what I do, I work with structure and I like to say structure and spirit, Mm. right? Where it's like, I bring, yeah, there's certain steps to do in business for sure. There's certain structures that we need to put in place, but there's also this whole other aspect of business that works on your inner game, that works on that deeper knowing and, and really helping women I predominantly work with women, helping them learn to trust themselves over other people, Mm. learning to trust their own internal authority. 
Sure. Being coachable, listening to other people is great. Taking advice is amazing, but if it doesn't feel right, that advice is going to land flat. Okay. So super, super interesting. And like a really great and beautiful way to look at this. If you are someone who isn't that connected or doesn't feel that they really have a strong bond with their own internal intuition, is it like, are like, are you doomed? Is this something that you always knew you had this intuition and like, how did it start for, for you? Like you said you've been studying for 20 years. Is it because you felt something or you knew something? What? So growing up, I had a mother who was pretty into this stuff Mm. and I actually struggled a lot with anxiety and depression. And in that journey of healing myself, I started to explore intuition and different things and realize that a lot of my anxiety came from me ignoring my intuition. Mm. Also pushing emotions down and repressing them was a big source of anxiety, but ignoring my intuition was a big thing. So I started just journeying into that very naturally to heal myself. I believe that everyone has a connection to their intuition. Mm -hmm. And no, I don't believe that anyone is doomed because there there are many different ways. So there are many different pathways to do business, right? We see there's a ton of people making a lot of money, doing really great stuff that don't even know what intuition is. Mm -hmm. That's one way of doing business. There's so many different ways. So really this is about me working with the women who want to do it this way. Yeah. Who know that there's a different way for them who want to like nurture their body, nurture their feminine, nurture their knowing in every step that they do so that they never feel out of alignment. They never feel like they're selling their soul or they're doing something that doesn't feel good just because it's going to say, make the money. So great. So how would we listen or, you know, be guided by or informed by our intuition if it's something that we're not practicing or not listening to? So y- your story yeah. sounds as though you weren't, you were maybe ignoring it or turning the volume down at the very least. What could we do or what can't, what do we do in order to turn the volume up? Totally. So like I said, everyone has connection to their intuition. So whether you are listening or not, it's speaking to you in different ways. So a big part of this is slowing down. Meditation is a great one. We get a lot of our insights through meditation, which is why so many people talk about meditation, right? When our body is calm, when our nervous system isn't overacting, like so many people's nervous systems are overacting when they're calm, we hear it so much more. We hear our intuition. We hear that knowing being in nature is huge. So just being by the ocean, by trees, by a Creek, just even going out for a walk, getting out of our heads and in our bodies. A big one for me is dance. My background is dance. When the music's on, I'm moving, I'm dancing. It's like the world falls away. And that's when I find the greatest wisdom and, and insight other people. It might be golfing Mm. or surfing or just, you know, any other, if you think of any other activities where everything seems to fall away, where there's a piece art, Yeah. It's such a powerful time to tap into your intuition. So really it's just the practice of listening to it and then 
following it, right? And starting with the small things. So I really, when I'm working with clients, it's like starting with, okay, tuning into your body. Is this a yes or is this a no? Like, should I eat chicken today or should I eat vegetables, right? Or should I eat this or that? So starting with the small things, should I go for a walk? Should I go to the gym, right? So it's like tuning into your body on the smaller things helps it to become stronger and stronger. So it's such an interesting, fascinating conversation because we have so much going on internally. We've got like the constant noise, the less than helpful voices in our head. And then we've got like this source of intuition or the things that are guiding us to, even if it's a smaller thing between going for a walk or going to the gym, where do we decipher or discern between am I just copping out on going to the gym because I promised myself I would go because I feel like a walk's a bit easier or is my intuition guiding me towards the walk and that's the easier thing like where do we with all the noise that's going on how do we you know choose which is intuition which is just like a a good excuse or do do you know what I'm saying totally I think it's like really getting real with yourself Mm. It's like really getting real and like, am I just copping out? Like really mm-hmm. tuning in. And this is where being honest with ourselves. I'm like, is this really self-sabotage or is my body asking for a walk? It doesn't actually want a, an intense workout. Yeah. Um, I think this is where we need to just get really honest. You know, in yeah. your gut. you know, yeah. in your heart and different people. That's another thing. I just said, you know, in your gut, but different people, and I'm really into human design. I'm not a human design expert, but I do bring it into my coaching and different people with different human designs feel it differently, right? So people who are generators or who have a sacral authority, they're going to feel it in their gut. Mm. So they're going to feel that uh uh-huh or uh uh-uh. So they're going to feel it really strongly. Whereas people with a splenic authority, like myself, you're going to get that hit of knowing, but it's also going to come with say fear, especially for bigger, bigger decisions. I don't know about like going to the gym probably won't bring up that much fear. Uh, Some of us maybe. (laughs) Maybe I will for some people. So just learning how your intuition speaks to you Mm. is really important because not everyone, it's like, listen to your heart. Like so many people actually don't feel it in their heart. So that doesn't land or listen to your gut. There's a lot of people that don't feel their intuition in their gut. And then they think that they're broken or something's wrong with them, but it's actually that they just hear intuition differently. So interesting. I've also recently just been kind of dabbling in the human design world, at least in in my own. So I'm a a mental projector, which means my my uh, authority is environment. So it's no authority. So it's actually like like grounding and location and like that's where it comes from. It comes from without as opposed to from within, which has been really interesting for me to be learning about kind of the ways that I make decisions that I always felt were just so different, but really there's a whole group of us that are doing it, but we are, we do all make decisions differently and come to decisions differently. Totally. Um, Yeah. So I think that's a really, really good insight because there are, there is the inner critic and there is the intuition and there is all of those things, but I loved how you just said, you'll know, it kind of brought a smile to my face right away because deep down, we do know, we know if we just don't feel like doing something, even if it's a really great justifiable excuse, you still kind of know that it was just a really great excuse that you found not to do something that you said you were going to do, or that you feel like, you know, would be forwarding something. So 
now that you're doing this work, what did that kind of 20 year, what did that 20 years exploration look like? Were you always guiding other people? Were you always like in tune or how, what was your journey to get to becoming this coach? Yeah, that's a great question. So I say 20 years because it definitely started in my teenage years. Like I said, I had anxiety, depression. I had a really bad eating disorder for about seven years. I was very quite sick. And so a lot of it was just me healing myself because I was so deep in this. And in my twenties, I actually, I went to university for psychology because I wanted to figure out why I was so messed up Mm -hmm. and what to do about it. And I wanted to heal myself. And I was like, well, if I'm kind of being pressured to go to university and I was like, well, then I'm just going to figure myself out. And when I graduated university, I started to explore my passion with dance. So I also have a passion of dance and growing up, I always felt like I wanted to use movement to heal and to heal myself first, but also to heal others, because ultimately I always had that drive to help other people. And when you're in this work, like I never felt like I was say guiding or healing other people, but there are a lot of people from my teenage years from university that have now come to me saying that one conversation we had changed my life, or you really guided me through that, that I didn't realize. And I think that's the beautiful thing of doing this work of like you just doing your own work and sharing it with those people that you feel safe to share it with can impact others and give you that insight. And so in my twenties, when I finally felt like I was free to be on my own spiritual journey, I had healed that eating disorder. And for the most part, the anxiety and depression that has come in waves throughout my life, I, I started to explore different healing methodologies through movement and dance, as well as energy healing. So for sure, it first started as me just exploring it to learn it. And then I started to teach dance classes and I started to run workshops and I actually partnered, I actually learned how to teach a dance method and became an instructor for them. And then I became pretty good at it. Like at first I really sucked, but I really wanted to do it. And then I just practiced and practiced and practiced for almost a year without like for free, without, you know, charging or anything, because I really felt this was part of my calling. Is this like a healing dance practice or just a dance like tap or tango or? No, it was a healing dance practice. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was it called? It was called Groove. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I learned how to teach that. And I also wanted to work in schools. I knew I wanted to work with kids. So there was a woman teaching it in schools, actually in the Toronto area. And I asked her about it and how she got started. And she's like, I'll teach you. Why don't you come with me? And she just became my mentor. So for like probably eight months to a year, I just like would shadow her and go with her. And and she'd try to push me in. Um, And we'd be teaching like 60 to 80 kids at a time. And I was so nervous. She'd have to leave the room and I would teach like one or two songs. And I'd be like, can you just leave? She knew. So she would just like go and leave because I would be more nervous if she was there. But doing that, I became pretty good at it. And after about a year of that, I became a master trainer. So I learned how to teach other people. And my job was essentially going into schools, teaching kids, and then also training people to teach this. And I started traveling all over the world doing that. So I'd run workshops, I trained instructors, I go into schools and I did that for 
about three years. That's incredible, though. I just want to like shine a light for a second on the moments where you were just so nervous, like you were just feeling like you're so out of your element. What was it that kept you do like, because I think there's times that we all want to do something and then we can talk ourselves out of it pretty easily to be like, this just doesn't feel good or I'm just too intimidated or I'm, I'm just not good at it yet. How did you overcome those moments, even like by asking her to leave, like what had you pushed through? There was just this deeper drive for me. I knew the power of this work. Mm -hmm. I knew this is what I was meant to be doing. And I was like, I do not want my fears to be greater than my purpose on the planet. Like the reason why I came to this planet is so much greater than my fears. I also learned pretty early on that if it scared me, it was helping me to grow. Mm -hmm. So I made it my mantra that if it scared me, I had to do it. So I would be given these opportunities that were like kind of mind blowing. Like, do you want to travel here to do this? I'd be like, okay, because it scared me like, oh crap, like this is scaring me. So I got to do it. Do you want to present at this conference? I guess, right? Like, so I just learned to embrace fear. And now years later, knowing my human design, splenic authority is actually this knowing, and then it comes with fear. Oh, wow. So I actually, I actually tune into my intuition with fear, which I didn't know that at the time. I just knew that it's like, feel the fear and do it anyway. I really embraced that mantra. I really embraced that fear was just my being being stretched outside my comfort zone. And my soul wanted to be stretched. I didn't, I knew I didn't come here to just play small. Mm. So So. great. I, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's inspiring and moving and it's in a domain or an industry that is, it was it well, I mean, in the dance world, it might've been well accepted, but the whole kind of spiritual movement, I feel like if we look back 20 years to where we are today, we've come so far and people have really started to embrace it into their world, but it used to be quite kind of on the fringe, you know, it was, it was out there a little bit for, for much of mainstream society. Did you ever come up against any of that feeling like, what am I doing? I'm not really like anyone else. Or did you not? My whole life, (laughs) my my whole life. I grew up in a really small town of 2000 people. And actually, like I said, my mom was into this stuff, which was really neat. So she was, she worked at like a naturopathic clinic where they had like healers and different things. And when I was young, she'd send me to psychics or these energy healers, but she was very weird. Mm. And then because of that, and I grew up with that there was, and there was a part of me that really loved that from Mm. a young age. I just kind of accepted that it was on the fringe and even our family and our extended family thought it was very weird. I mean, we were eating like all organic, gluten-free, dairy-free, all the things like yeah. 25 years ago. Yeah, it wasn't was, even a thing. Nobody was, even, yeah. It's like, I was the weird kid. <laughs> now I'd be the trendy kid. Totally. Everybody's just like, well, good for you. Well done. Yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I just got, I just got used to being the weird, the weird kid. I got used to being on the outskirts of things. And I realized pretty quickly that my life path was not going to fit into a box yeah. and that everything that I wanted to do, I was going to create it. 
And that was something that I realized pretty early on. I was yeah, like, which is quite magical, like to tap into that at such a young age and to also have the fear, the anxiety and still walk that path at, at a young age, I think is, is quite remarkable. So yeah. still dancing, still teaching. How did the transition, how did that transition go? Totally. Yeah. So after that kind of three-year stint, I actually left that company and I moved to Fort McMurray in Alberta and I got a job doing mental health work in the schools and I bring dance into it. So I, I started to see, so I was teaching about mental health. I was working with youth. I was the youth engagement facilitator and I was we were doing anti-bullying and all these different things. And I realized that I taught better if I brought dance in at least sometimes. And so I brought dance in at that point and I was there for a year and a half. And by the end of that time, one of my best friends, Mel was living in Vancouver and she was like, you should move to Vancouver. You'd love it. And you could come here and teach dance in schools and launch a business. So I know we sort of talked about this, but I actually was going back and forth and I knew a change was coming. So this is where intuitively I knew something was changing. I was, I was starting to become very unhappy there. I mean, minus 30 degree weather for months on end. I had like gone through a bad breakup, all of the things. And I knew a change was coming and I was like, okay, do I move in the summer? Do I move in the fall? And it was May 3rd. And we actually had fires that ripped through our city and evacuated the whole city. And in that moment, everyone was freaking out. And I felt this sense of calm and this, this voice that was like, this is happening for you. And so we got evacuated. We actually drove North because if we drove South, we'd be driving through the fires, but that's also it's so far north that you can only drive south, like you're driving north into the woods. And so we drove north and we camped for three days while we waited for the chaos to dissipate because we knew that there'd be people more vulnerable than us, you know, like we're like 30 something healthy people. So yeah. we set up camp, we set up tents, we brought enough food to camp for a few days and me and about 15 friends, we camped near the right beside this lake and we waited for everyone to be evacuated out of the area because it was complete chaos. And they actually, it was a state of emergency. They actually, there was 30,000 of us stranded north of the city and they brought in WestJet donated flights. Mm. So they brought in all of these flights to fly us out. And so we came back when we found that out, we came back to, <laughs> to people, we came back to the oil the oil sands is like where they had their, the camps yeah. is where we could stay. And they gave us meals, which was really nice. And they flew us out. And for the next two months, we couldn't go back home. And I was kind of just in this mid air. And I, I went, I drove to Vancouver. I visited my friend here and she's like, do you need a bigger sign? <laughs> <laughs> it's time for you to leave. It's time for you to come. And I was like, okay, got it. So here I was in Vancouver, making plans, connecting with people, building friendships and relationships and being like, okay, this is the time to leap. And so that's when I moved to Vancouver and launched my business teaching dance and yoga in schools. 
And so I've had that company for six years. I have a whole team of instructors. We go into the schools, we teach mental health and, and social emotional learning through dance and now through yoga. Yoga is our new program, dance play and yoga play. And I own essentially, it's, it's essentially a license agreement because my best friend created the programs, mm-hmm. Melanie Levenberg. And so I launched that company or I launched that business. And so it's been really beautiful and it's been a really beautiful journey, but dance has always been a part of what I do and what I teach. It's so beautiful. I mean, it's like something that's informed your life since you know the dawn of time, basically yeah. you kept doing that, but there's always behind it just listening to you talk like this sense of self-confidence or this just like even so many people would be like oh I've got an idea I'll do this but then to actually step out on your own and be the one or with a partner just to say I'm going to create from nothing because I believe that there's something here I'm going to create from nothing because I want to serve or I'm just going to create from nothing because I say so because I choose to there's a real confidence or courage that comes with that and each time you were making those decisions for you like and for anyone listening who might be kind of on the precipice or on the edge of or always had a desire or a dream but there's right away the fear of like but it's just me like who am I to start an entire dance movement or who am I to go into schools and teach just because I have this dream for you what was kind of the the reconciling of those two worlds like how did you step into it and trust that you were the one to do this well a few things Hmm. the one is the trust that when you have a calling that when you have this inner knowing that it's for you that it's like, you don't get these messages, these visions, these, this, this soul calling, if it's not meant to work out. And I just really believe that it's like, like, I just have developed such a strong relationship with spirit source, creator universe, whatever people Mm -hmm. believe it really doesn't matter the name um, that I trust that when things happen, they happen for me. And when, when visions come, they come in for me. That being said, one of my best friends, Melanie actually created the program dance play and yoga play and the whole company play education. So I feel lucky because I've also had people in my life. I've surrounded myself with people who are on similar paths, who, who are like, she's amazing at creating programs. This is her expertise. This is her thing. And I also believed in her vision Mm -hmm. and which is why I bought the license from her. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I could bring this vision into reality. I think there's also just this sense of, because I had worked in schools, like there are certain things it's like, because I'd worked in schools, I've seen it work before. I knew it would work here. And I had known for eight years, I've already taught dance now in schools or five years or whatever it was at the time. And I just knew it was going to work. I just had that belief. And I feel like that is the determinant of someone who becomes successful or not is like, do you believe in yourself? And can you find that courage even when no one else does? Yeah, I love that. And I, I, it was just like the trust and the knowing that was entrenched in, in what you were saying. 
I think we have it and then we'll just start to chip away at it and let cracks come in that are just like taking us away from what we know. It's the same like as what we were talking about before. Like we know whether we're making an excuse to not go to the gym or popping out and going for a walk. And we know when we're, you know, we're being called to do something. And when we just start getting a little bit smaller and then a little bit smaller and then, oh, maybe it's not for me. And we start to pull away, away from that. And the trust is just such a huge part of it. And to be fair, easier said than done. Do you have like practices or things that you teach people to connect into that? Like just to like have faith or just to trust and, and then to leap, like to bridge that gap? Yeah. And that's a really, that's a really good point. And one thing I want to say about that too, is it's almost like being an entrepreneur and creating something from nothing, really. It's almost like you have to be a little bit, I liken it to like, you kind of have to be a little bit delusional because you have to believe in something that doesn't exist yet. And it feels like you're like, am I delusional? Mm -hmm. But it's like, are you going to make that that vision for what you want to create, because we can create anything in this world. And if we focus on the negative, we focus on the fears, we focus on the doubts, we bring those to be. But if we focus on where we're going and what we want, and we make those stronger and bigger, we bring that to be. So a big part of what I teach and what I encourage people to do is when there are doubts come up, acknowledge them, journal them out, feel them. There are real fears that come out. I have doubts that come out all of the time. And so I use practices like movement and dancing, mm. energy clearing, that sort of thing, but really even just allowing yourself to feel them, allowing yourself to journal them out, allowing yourself to move the energy because or else they stick in your body. Asking yourself, is this true? Tony Robbins has a saying, can it be proven in a court of law? Mm. It's like, is this true or is this a fear? And you know when it's a fear because it feels contractive, you know? A truth feels expansive. A fear feels contractive. So really tuning in, okay, this is a fear and learning how to be emotionally intelligent, which is why this is game-changing in business, learning how, okay, so this is a fear. Okay, so this is, so I'm having an off day or this is a fear. I can give myself this. I get that talking to that inner child that's so afraid and being like, okay, I get that you're afraid right now. And then putting on, I've heard it say your big girl panties or, you know, and remembering that you are more powerful than your fears. You are more powerful than the voices that tell you, you can't. So my best way is dancing, going for a walk, like I mentioned before, it's like just coming home, reconnecting to that vision, which is also why having a daily practice of meditation, of connecting to your vision, of connecting to what you want to create so that that is what's setting up your day. And then when fears come up, allow yourself to have that. And also I've always had mentors and coaches. I've always had someone in my corner reminding me when I forget that is so vital yeah, so vital. which is why I do that now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, this is the most important. It's a really great segue because you've obviously like imprinted it, lived it, walked it for many, many years. And now when was the decision or what was the moment or the turning point to say, 
uh, you know, I need to start to share this because I'm assuming you're not, you know, with those clients, it's not through movement and it's not through dance. This is like traditional business coaching, intuitive business coaching. Yeah. So how did that come to be? And, you know, what, what was your thought? What was your thought process there to get that going? Totally. So I have taken a few coaching programs because I've always been fascinated by it and I've just brought it into everything that I've done. And I didn't formally step into it because I just had other things I was doing, but I always desired to do that. And over the last few years, I actually worked myself to the ground in my business, um, in my dance and yoga business, and had to learn how to bring more flow, bring in my feminine. Mm -hmm. and, And I completely had adrenal fatigue and burnout. So I had to learn how to balance, how to delegate, how to just transform my life to the point where I was only working an hour, maybe two hours a day. And in that, I just really remembered and reconnected to a passion that I have, which is supporting female entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and as well as this healing. And I was like, okay, I've been disconnected from this for a little bit. I desire, and I could feel that I was meant to step into this and bring this on. And so it started with an intuitive nudge with just this like niggling being like, okay. And then someone from my past reached out and she's like, would you be my coach, my business coach? And I was like, yeah, that's (laughs) right. So (laughs) I also started a mastermind group here in Vancouver, just wanting to connect with other female entrepreneurs for fun. So I was just doing these things more for fun than a business. And I could feel that I was going to step more powerfully into this. And it was another case of like, when I was in Fort McMurray, I could feel a change coming. And here I was in Vancouver this time, I could feel a change coming. And I was like, I just hope it's not Like, I know that a shift is going to come and I know it's going to be obvious when it's here. And so I was starting to put myself out there a little bit, but still pretty like full with my other business. And I was like, I just hope it's not as big as the Fort McMurray fires. Mm -hmm. And then March, 2020 happened Mm -hmm. and that whole thing. And of course, when schools close, so we're operating solo, like primarily in schools, that's my whole business, my whole business shut down. And I was like, oh crap, here it is. Yeah, like like way bigger than way like, bigger to the Fort McMurray fires, of course. But all oh. of a sudden, it's like a global pain. It's like and you can't do this anywhere. So even if you're yeah. thinking about driving to bank or driving somewhere else to do this, no, you will change course and follow your intuition. Yeah, yeah. And this is where I was like, okay, here we go. And I knew I had a just. I knew I. I, I wasn't even a decision. I just knew it was like, okay, here's my time. So that's when, because my company essentially was pretty shut down. I like to say it was like in a coma because it felt that way. Like it was kind of just sleeping because schools were figuring out how to operate online. They weren't necessarily bringing in dance. We had a few schools that brought us in, but most schools were just in survival mode. The whole world's in survival. And then we have summer. So it was about a six month gap where I had all of this time and all of my excuses went out the window and I was like, here we go. And that's when I started to step more into, I launched my first program, which teaches women how to build businesses from this soul place. 
Um, I stepped up my game with my mastermind. I created a second program a few months later about teaching women to connect to their bodies. And I just went for it. And I started taking on clients, which was really cool. So it's gone pretty well. And my business is still operating, I would say at 50% capacity, like the dance yoga business. This year will be quite a bit busier, but it's been a beautiful way for me to learn how to dance, how to be able to do these things, how to delegate a lot more in my other business so that I'm very hands-off so that it can operate on itself. And it was just a big wake-up call for me to say, okay, there's no more playing small. There's no more hiding. Like I had kind of felt that niggling for a few years at this point where I was like, no, I don't have the time. I'm too tired. I have so much on my plate. Excuse, excuse, excuse. And then the world stopped and it was like, what's your excuse now? (laughs) And I was like, crap. Okay, here we go. So not, and like, not I'm, I'm rolling my eyes, but it wasn't like that at all. I was excited. I was excited for the space. Once I got over the initial shock of my business shutting down so suddenly and moved through all of the fear and all of the emotions, because that comes up as well. I decided I'm going to rise. Yeah. I'm going to rise in this. I can, I can choose to play small or I can choose to rise knowing that this is what I was already feeling like was coming And I have all of this time in this space and I can use this time for something really amazing. Yeah. So proud of you. I, uh, I'd love to ask the question because you have chosen to rise time and time again, like you Mm -hmm. just have, like from a young age, you dealt with, you know, uh, mental health issues, you dealt with physical health issues with an eating disorder, you, you know, you went through all of these windows in life, where each time you have chosen to rise. And, you know, it's a remarkable thing, but it's also not everybody's, you know, gift in those Mm -hmm. moments to choose to rise. And I love now that you're choosing not only to teach dance through movement, but also through intuitive coaching. So you're giving people access to you so that you can start to share that and, you know, reinforcing people that they too can rise. But if Mm -hmm. someone were at home listening right now who has fallen or is in a darker place or has, you know, hasn't found the confidence, the courage, the wherewithal to rise, is there anything you can give them that has that has had you rise time and time again almost masterfully every single time what would you say to someone who who wishes or wants to like from the depths of their belly rise and just can't see the way to do it yeah good question and for just to correct you it definitely wasn't masterfully (laughs) I definitely rose very messily many times yeah there's a lot of messy I mean we could argue that's the only way to rise so it could actually be masterful we don't need to debate the master (laughs) but it I don't know if there is any graceful like rising you're dusting off the ashes and you know you're bloody and bruised no matter what I like I really give you credit for no matter what life has thrown at you messy as it may be you have chosen to climb out of the ditch time and time again and so for someone who's down there now listening what is that about you or what would you say to them 
I really feel that our pain and the struggles we go through as we heal those, we are often meant to help others with those. So that's been a big message that has driven me when I've been in the darks of it is like, okay, I am overcoming this because I am meant to help others overcome this. I am here for more. We're all here for more. There's a saying, your pain is your credential. And I love that. There's, you know, so much evidence. My friend Mel used to always say to me, your playing small does not serve the world. And I'd be like, oh, I know there's just this niggling in my soul. And even in those deepest of darkest times where it feels like everything's falling apart and you can't go on, there's that knowing in your soul that you were meant for more. And even in those darkest times that you are here to help others Mm. also rise and heal. So that has been huge for me. Another thing has, like I said, like I've always allowed myself to be supported by healers, by mentors, counselors, coaches, whatever it may be, I have gotten help. And that is so important. Depression, anxiety, different things that we struggle with. We're not meant to go through this alone. We live in our Western society and no matter where you like, we see this a lot in very developed countries, right? Where it's like, I have to do everything alone, but we're not actually designed that way. We're designed to be surrounded by community. We're designed to be supported and uplifted. And so many people struggle because they're trying to do it alone. And I learned, and I've gone through my times of deep struggle where I've tried to do it alone and it's hard and it sucks. But when I've allowed myself to get support, whatever that looks like at different stages, because at different stages of the game, of course, when you're super depressed, overwhelmed, anxious, you're looking for a counselor, you're looking for even healers, like you're looking for deep healing of your soul. I've allowed myself to get support with business. I've always had mentors, coaches, people leading the way, encouraging me. You know, one of my best friends, Mel, we've worked together in some capacity for almost 10 years. She's my biggest fan. Mm. She's the one that reminds me of who I am when I forget, because I forget Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So it's about surrounding yourself with your, like a team essentially, and having people that really believe in you and that support you is really, really game changing. Oh, I love it. I loved every word. I think they're both really profound ways, like the the notion of mustering the courage to rise so that you can serve others. Like if you can't get up for yourself, if you cannot manage to get up for yourself, then get up for a sister or a brother who is going to need to watch you get up, whether it's a family member, a kid, a parent, a friend, somebody you've never met, a stranger. If you can't find it for yourself, find it for someone who who needs to witness it. I think that's just such a beautiful message. And that, you know, I think about myself in my own in my own dark times that probably could have fueled me when I couldn't figure it out, out myself. And then yeah, community is, is easier said than done for some of us, like asking for help feels like the end of the world, burdening another feels like the end of the world. And it's just not the case. 
those of us who are getting out of these ditches and, and rising from the fall, someone is reaching down. Someone somewhere is reaching down and it may not look like it, but just grab onto like any hand at that point, like whatever help looks like. Totally. People oh, want to support you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, whereas we think like that it's a, a you know, encumbrance or an inconvenience or, you know, yeah, I love that. Okay. So as we wrap up here, how do we learn more about your work? How do we stalk you and everything that you're doing? How do we get more Brooke? That's what I want to know. Yeah. The best. So I'm on Instagram. Yeah. Brooke, Brooke Jillian Yancey, as well as Facebook. It's great places to find me. My website, brookyancey.com. Awesome. And I have a private Facebook group called Ignite Your Fire, where I do weekly channelings in there. There's a great community and I do activations, clearings, masterclasses, all of that great stuff in there. It's a really beautiful community. So you want to come and hang out in there. Yeah, so great. I will put all of that in the show notes for all of you that are listening. These programs that you run, are they ongoing always? Are they once a year? How do, is that all that information on your website? All of the information for my programs is on my website. You can always message me to ask. And often I teach my programs live. So they do launch at different times throughout the year, depending on the program. And I do have a few that are ongoing. So you can drop in at any time. Awesome. Like my intuitive program. You can come in at any time and get access to that. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing your story. And more importantly, thank you for sharing your wisdom and your journey. It seems no coincidence or surprise that you've ended up here there's just been this like beautiful flow even though it's bumpy I do acknowledge that it's not always smooth but it just feels like such a natural place for you to be right now like just such the right place for you to be so it's been beautiful to hear your story and to know you much you know much deeper on that level So thanks. Thanks for being here. For all of those of you listening, like I said, everything about Brooke will be in the show notes. We're going to wrap it up here, but we'll see you next week. As always, my friends, thanks for listening. We'll see you again, Brooke. I'm sure of it. And until then, choose unstoppable. Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to me if you enjoyed the content to please leave a review and a rating and subscribe to the show. It'll help others find us so that we can spread this important message. We'll see you in the next episode. Until then, choose Unstoppable.